Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast where we just talk about life's ups and downs, about the existential questions, and the small day-to-day stuff, pretty much anything. Join me, Sarah, and me, Amy, for a 30-minute conversation about whatever. Let's talk. About what? About the difference between nice and kind. This is so interesting to me because it's really not a concept I had heard of until, um, you know, probably a few years ago. Um, But it was just, it was so helpful for me to kind of realize that you could sort of differentiate between being nice and being kind. So we'll, you know, get into how that's helpful uh, as we go along, but I'm really excited about this one. Me too. Um, I, I'm not going to reference it because I, haven't read it yet but I actually just bought a book on this recently um I got very ambitious and was like last night I was like I'm gonna read the whole book before the podcast today but um (laughs) I didn't get there because sleepy went over but um (laughs) it is a really interesting topic because so many people use nice and kind interchangeably right um nice means the same thing as kind you're a nice person you're a kind person people act like it's the same word and it very much is not. Um, So like you say, we can talk about the difference in those today for anyone who hasn't put any thought into it before. Um, I guess the, the big takeaway for me, as I was learning about this, um, nice is sort of for you. Kind is for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So nice um, can actually be sometimes a selfish thing to do. Mm-hmm. It can be avoiding conflict. Um, it can be not dealing with something that's hard to say. Um, you know, it, there's, it can be sort of a selfish motivated way to interact with people, which is not what you think of when you think of nice. When you think of nice, you're thinking of these, you know, generous, selfless people. And sometimes nice is actually not that. Sometimes it's very self-serving. Kind, however, is when you're doing things with the motivation of helping others, you know, be it one individual, be it people, the greater good, you know, of all, uh, you know, but someone outside of yourself, you're not, there's no, um, there's nothing that you're looking to gain from it, either from that person, like I did this for you, so now they'll do me a favor, or, um, you know, it can be an internal um, reward as well, like, oh, I'll just avoid this confrontation and then I will feel better for it because, you know, I didn't have to deal with a difficult conversation Um, because, you know, that can be self-rewarding. I don't know. Did you want to piggyback off of any of that or did you have sort of a different perspective? No, I mean, I think that that's really, um, you know, the same kind of perspective that I have. I think we've probably both read some of the same sorts of <laughs> things <laughs> that talk about this. Um, but I think, like you say, it's, it is confusing. It's a confusing concept if you've never heard of it before, because we do use the two words interchangeably. You know, we just think of them as synonyms. And if you say nice and kind are not the same thing, it is hard to grasp. And I think even, um, you know, when we kind of define and say, well, nice can be selfish and, and kind is more for others, even that can still, I think, feel confusing sometimes because sometimes I 
don't think that we fully understand our own motivations when we're doing things. Um, and so, you know, I think that it can be really, um, you know, difficult to untangle. Um, but one example, I guess, that I really liked was um, from this book. So there's, there's a book called nice girl syndrome that that's the I, one that I was gonna talk about <laughs> and and you can speak to it better than me because I haven't actually finished it I only finish books that I have like on audiobook because that's all I have time to finish I got this one on you know the e-reader format and so oh. I haven't had time to read the whole thing I I shouldn't say that because I got it long enough ago that I, if <laughs> I made time if to I, read the whole thing not made time to read the whole thing so I have read um parts of it, which may have been the first time I was introduced to this nice versus kind concept. I, I don't remember. Um, but then there's actually also a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Um, that's a book about this sort of nice guy syndrome that's that's geared toward men. And my husband has read that one and found that very helpful. Um, and I've read parts of it also, not the whole thing. But um there's this part in it that I that really jumped out at me um, as I think a good sort of clarifying example of the nice versus kind. Um, and it's actually caretaking versus caring. Um, because I think that a lot of people who are caretaking types, who really love to take care of others and sort of serve others and, and whatever, um, you know, really would think of themselves as nice people and kind people. Um, but, you know, sometimes people like that are not always <laughs> as great as they think they are. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought that this um, breakdown was really interesting. So it was caretaking um, is gives to others what the giver needs to give. Um, and it comes from a place of abundance within the giver. And it has unconscious strings attached. So a lot of times when you kind of look at these people who are really, really nice, quote unquote, and always taking care of people and, and things, but they still just, they rub you the wrong way. They don't really, um, you know, meet your needs and things. It's because they're sort of giving what they need to give because, you know, I mean, for instance, you just, I mean, this is not specific example of somebody, but, um, you know, you think about people who love to like bake and stuff and it fulfills them to bake. They love doing it. It's something that they get a lot out of to be in the kitchen baking and stuff. And so they, they have the time to bake. They want to bake. And so they do, and then they share that and that's great. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's something they're doing for themselves. And then they're, you know, they're sharing the the wealth of that but but then a lot of times when you're caretaking there's also strings attached to that they you know sometimes when you're doing those things where you're giving and you're doing it as in a caretaking way to be nice there's strings attached you have expectations of some sort of you know gratefulness on the receiver's part or you know that they're maybe going to owe you some kind of a favor because you did this or something like that um versus caring which you could equate more to kindness than niceness um 
it's really giving to others what the receiver needs. So it's not really necessarily something that you love doing and really want to do and really, you know, fits with your schedule and whatever, but you're, you're giving what they need to receive. Um, And it comes from a place of emptiness within the giver, which I don't fully know how to interpret that part, but I guess I, I take it, you know, more so that like, instead of, oh, I just have so much money. I don't know what to do with it. So here you go. Here's five bucks. You know, it, it would be, you know, I, I'm not wealthy, but you're in need. And so, you know, I will, I'll give you what I can is, is sort of the way I interpret that one. Uh, although it's not as clear to me as the rest, but, um, and then of course, no strings attached when you're, when you're caring and you're kind, there's no expectation of getting anything in return. You'll be kind to someone that, you know, um, you know, maybe can't ever repay you or, or, you know, maybe won't ever repay you, but you're doing it out of caring and kindness. Um, and so I thought that was a good sort of, um, illustration to kind of, help us examine that difference. And not that there's anything wrong to clarify with giving and caretaking and stuff in a way of like, you love to bake and you bake for people and you share that with them. Certainly not a problem there. Um, But I think it's important to start to, you know, differentiate a little bit. Am I doing this for other people and they should be so grateful and think I'm so great? Or am I doing it for myself and I enjoy sharing it? And, and I think it's, it's good to start to recognize that. Absolutely. Um, I think about in relationships to, um, I'm, I'm sure most people are familiar with like the five love languages. If you're not, you can Google it. But um, <clears throat> I think that we often, our default is to give people the things that make us feel good, right? Or the things that we would want to get in return when really genuinely being kind and caring about somebody is thinking about, like you say, pulling from this place of emptiness where, you know, um, you know, maybe gift giving is just not something that matters to you, but it matters to someone that's close to you. And so even though, you know, maybe that's a struggle for you to pick out a gift and, you know, decide what to get, how to give it, that sort of thing, it doesn't feel meaningful. It is, it's thinking about what does that actually, you know, represent to the person receiving it? Um, Not what do I think is kind and nice and makes me feel good because, you know, to me individually, that's what works. Um, Kindness does take a little bit more effort. Um, It is, it's easy sometimes to be nice and avoid conflict, avoid difficult conversations, Um, You know, if somebody says, do you like my new haircut and you just think it's not flattering, it's much easier to say, oh yeah, it looks great. Or, you know, whatever, move things along, avoid the (laughs) confrontation, right? Then to give an honest answer. And this is, you know, assuming they want an honest answer. Like if I said to you, uh, you know, what do you think about this? And I really wanted your feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it feels like the harder thing to do would be, um, you know, actually confront that. And so you take the easy way out, the easy way out. Um, kindness is sort of that hard part. Kindness is the, um, this is going to be uncomfortable and I don't really want to say this to you, but I care about you. I'm going to dig deep. Um, and I, I need to tell you because you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it doesn't always feel as nice, right? Like kindness doesn't always feel nice. 
it doesn't feel nice to say to somebody that haircut's not flattering right mm-hmm. um <laughs> that feels very mean yeah. but if someone's genuinely wanting that feedback the kinder thing to do is to be honest of course you should be nice in the way that you deliver it um you know? <laughs> yeah you want to have a certain level of sensitivity in right. your honesty <laughs> um you know that's really important um but kindness is not always nice it doesn't always feel that way exactly yeah and it's and again when you're kind of trying to differentiate and kind of go is this nice or is this kind like you say in a moment where somebody asks for your feedback or your opinion and your opinion is maybe negative um it's not like well you know don't be a nice person so just insult them and be like, oh, it looks terrible, you know, but kind of, again, if you can kind of tap into your internal motivations and start to go, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, say that it looks bad. And your, your first instinct might be because I don't want to hurt their feelings. But if you dig a little deeper and go, well, yet they asked for my feedback, they Mm -hmm. want honesty from me. And so I can't really blame them and say, oh, well, they don't want to hear the truth because they said they did want to hear the truth. And so, you know, if you're still feeling compelled to be nice, then, you know, it's, it's good to kind of realize that that's because again, you don't want to feel uncomfortable. You don't want to seem mean you don't want to come across as rude because even sometimes when people ask for the truth they might still get offended and right. still not like what they're hearing and so you know you you want to avoid any potential um you know confrontation because you're not comfortable with it you want to avoid looking bad or looking mean you want to be their friend and supportive and for them to think oh yeah you know she always just is so sweet and supportive and and says nice things and stuff and you know if you kind of start chipping away at that then you know sometimes you might start to realize that like you say it's a selfish thing that you're doing for yourself because you don't want to deal with the discomfort and it's not something that you're doing for them and so if somebody says hey I want feedback on this um you know it can be very uncomfortable to give them the honest feedback but it's ultimately what's going to be helpful to them it might save them embarrassment you know if their haircut looks really bad and everyone's saying behind their back that it looks really bad um you know you could kind of save them that embarrassment because they are bothering to ask you um and so that's you know it's kinder it's the kinder thing to do and it's the yeah like you say often the harder thing to do kindness can be much harder. Um, honesty can be much harder. Thinking about where the other person's at and what they actually need can be much harder um, than just, yeah, doing what makes us feel good and makes us look good. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so, so yeah, I think that really um, to, to start recognizing the nice versus kind motivations, you know, it's, it's helpful to kind of stop and yeah, think about what you're doing in the moment and why you're doing it. And um, I think it is a little bit surprising when you start doing that, the degree to which you realize (laughs) you're doing things for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think, um, I I really, really liked, I don't know if, um, 
the the proper way to credit somebody on medium um you might know sarah is a medium user um everyone should check her out tell how do you get to your medium page real quick sarah you know uh i should probably know if i have a uh <laughs> i'm gonna give you a second to look into that otherwise okay. we'll link it um you know you can you can find it we'll make sure that this is linked in the episode um but I found there was an article on Medium and the user was, I think it's YOLO, Y-A-H-O-L-O. -O. Um, I'll put a link to this as well. Um, but I did just want to credit to them the quote, My, uh, niceness is how we try to climb the social ladder. Kindness is how we lift each other up. And I really liked that um, because I think about the difference um, in people in my life that are nice people and kind people and of course the kind people are often nice people as well um but <laughs> but i sort of have you know a couple of um you know i've got my little circles my nice people and my kind people and my nice people are the people that i call when i want a cheerleader when i want somebody to tell me great idea you're so wonderful that's fantastic um, you know, I'm so happy for you, whatever it is. And it doesn't matter if it directly contradicts whatever, you know, the last thing was. I mean, they just will cheerlead no matter what you're doing. Um, if you hated it last week, but you love it this week, great. Like they're right behind you the whole way. Those are my nice people. Mm -hmm. um, and that that feels good. And I call those people certainly, you know, when I need a cheerleader. But I have my kind people. And like, you're on my kind list. And you know, I mean, you're obviously very nice as well, <laughs> but you are also on you know, my kind list because I know that while you will absolutely cheer me on and you know, just be like throwing the parade for me when I'm accomplishing something or happy about something, I also know that I trust that you are a kind person and that sometimes kindness doesn't feel nice but that if you genuinely you know feel like i need to hear something you'll tell me um and you're not mean about it it's not like you're ever just like dude amy i like i gotta be real with you here like <laughs> you know you're being a real jerk but i don't know you I mean you're very nice um and you don't ever like look for ways to hurt me or bring me down or anything like that i don't mean it like that at all but I also do know that if I ask you a question and I want your feedback, I'm going to get the truth from you and you will deliver it as kindly as possible, as nicely as possible. <laughs> uh, see, I did it there. They're not interchangeable. You will deliver it as nicely as possible, but you will kindly, you know, help bring me up. You know, again, this is how we're lifting each other up. You're, it's not a social thing. You're not like, ooh, what do I say so that, you know, I'm her best friend. You think, what do I say because I'm her best friend? And I think that's really important to try and identify um, the people in your life that genuinely are kind and care about you and will tell you the hard stuff sometimes versus the people that maybe are not you know kind enough to dig deep within themselves pull from that empty place and give you the feedback that you need and i mean there's nothing wrong we have 
all different kinds of relationships with different people, mm-hmm. right? I don't necessarily feel like an acquaintance of mine who asks, you know, I, I dyed my hair, do you like the color? Maybe that's not my place to give honest feedback. Like, <laughs> read the room. They might just be looking for a compliment. And, you know, I mean, know what's appropriate here. But um, you're all coming out of COVID. Our social skills are all rusty, right? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important to sort of know, um, you know, who, who your people are, who are mm-hmm. the people that you trust to really be kind with you and tell you the truth, who are your nice people. And who are you to people? Are you, um, you know, really digging deep and being honest with the people that are counting on you to be kind to them? Um, you know, people, if, if you know that somebody's trusting you to be honest and kind with them, are you doing that? Or are you sort of just, you know, being a cheerleader because you are trying to, um, you know, secure your social standing with them. What's their impression of you? You want them to think of you as a nice person so you can't say something confrontational. You're protecting your own reputation instead of fulfilling the role that you know that you sort of have with them. So I think it's important to think about it externally and internally. Completely agree. Well, I'm, I'm thinking, as you said, you know, you kind of have your nice people and your kind people. Um, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who's just so, so kind. Like when I think of, you know, kind people, he's just right, right up there at the top of the list, you know, just a very, very kind person. And um, I had stayed with him uh, over a weekend one time. And it was a bit of a, just a busy weekend. I had suggested the date I was going to be in town. And I said, Hey, can I come visit and stay with you? And he was like, sure. And, um, you know, I didn't realize how much he had going on that weekend. Like it was, it was a little bit, you know, chaotic and busy. And, um, so, you know, I was saying to his partner on the day we were leaving, I was like, you know, thank you so much for having us. You know, we really didn't mean to intrude. I had the kids with me. I was like, we really didn't mean to, you know, intrude on when you had so much going on. I hope it just wasn't too much having us here. And I just, I remember how much it meant to me that he said, you know what, if it was going to be too much, we would have just told you that. And we would have just told you that it didn't work for you to come because we decided, you know, it, it was kind of, I think like a little just resolution they had made that they were going to be honest with people um, about their boundaries. They were going to have clear boundaries and they were going to communicate those honestly. And I know that they would communicate them kindly and that they do communicate them kindly. Um, But I just remember feeling like, wow, it's so hard to set boundaries because it doesn't feel nice to say no to people. It doesn't feel nice to say, oh, that doesn't work for me. I'm not up to that. And it, you know, if they had decided that it wasn't going to work for them to have me staying there that weekend, um, you know, I. I'm sure it would not have felt nice to say, you know what, sorry, you can't come stay with us that weekend. We'd still love you to see you if you have somewhere else to stay or something, but, you know, having you and your kids around, you know, it's just, it's going to be too much. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure it wouldn't have felt nice, but it, to me, it felt kinder to know that, you know, they would be honest with me like that. And then it, it helped me to, sort of alleviate the burden on me of feeling bad about being there because that's kind of what happens when we're all nice and we're all dishonest and we're all unwilling to set boundaries is that we're all always kind of 
tiptoeing around knowing that the person is maybe not being honest with us and worrying that, you know, they're saying it's fine, but is it really? And so I was sort of carrying this guilt about intruding and sort of crashing in on them when they were already so busy that weekend, um, you know, but then just kind of knowing that that was a genuine response that, you know what, we have clear boundaries and we are committed to communicating those clearly and honestly, and just um, you know, being able to believe that that was true because I know that they're kind people, um, you know, it helped me to just feel good and say, you know what, I don't need to feel guilty about this. I can just enjoy that it really was a fun time and we all enjoyed each other's company and had a lot of fun and then, you know, let that go. So I think that um, setting boundaries is another really important way of being kind. It is. Um, I know we've talked, you know, about we've referenced a few times that polling from the empty place. Being kind does not mean being a martyr. Mm-hmm. Um, that's its own category. I'm I'm not certainly encouraging anyone to go that route. <laughs> no, it's more, that's more the nice route, really. It is because it's it's a fulfilling thing within yourself. I think um, I my guess would be that people that have sort of that martyr syndrome takes some sort of um, pride or purpose from giving of themselves you know um excruciatingly like to a painful point (laughs) um and you know that's probably a whole topic for another day but (laughs) as is boundaries we should do an episode on boundaries one day because you and i can have a lot to say about that um that is really a huge part of being kind because it is really important to know um you know like i'll use you for an example again i know that if i say to you you know can i come out to visit or could you do me this favor or you know can i borrow some money or can i you know whatever it is if it's going to put you out or make you uncomfortable or it's just not something that you want to do you'll say so and it makes me feel better about asking. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily feel comfortable asking other people in my life, um, you know, some of the nice group of people, maybe. It's hard to ask them for a favor because just like the sometimes insincerity in the responses when you're asking for feedback, um, you know, or their thoughts on something, sometimes they have a hard time with those boundaries and honesty when you ask for something bigger um can i stay with you can you watch my kids can you you know whatever and it does it makes it very very hard to ask um it's not maybe people think that they're being you know and they are they're being nice (laughs) i always whatever you need i'm always right here it actually makes it harder to ask those people for something because i feel like even if they just can't do it or don't want to do it, they won't be able to say no. Um, and it is, it's so much easier to communicate those needs and make those requests with people that you trust will tell you, no, I can't do that, but I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can't give you 50 bucks. I'll give you 30. You can't come this weekend. Why don't you come next weekend? You know, I don't know. I'm, you know, or just a flat out no, but that's fine. You always kind of know where you stand with those people. Um, and I think that's really, if we're wanting to be nice to people, I think that that honesty is really one of the greatest gifts that we can give, right? Is just to 
build those strong foundations of trust mm-hmm. with people, you know, if you're wanting to, you know, be nice, that's a really nice thing you can do. Exactly. Well, and I think that um, you touched on something important there because we, you know, we've been talking about drawing from a place of emptiness um, and how, you know, sometimes when we're giving out of a place of abundance, it's really selfish. But, you know, I think it's worth clarifying because again, it's, it's confusing to start thinking about nice versus kind. Um, And so, you know, I think it's, it's worth talking about the fact that there it's it's good to give in a way that gives back to you it's good when we feel good about what we're giving it's good when we're in relationships where we give and we do receive back those are all good things if you are always giving 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 and feeling very empty and feeling like you're never getting anything in return feeling drained not feeling satisfied that is it's not only unhealthy for you, it's unhealthy for the relationship mm-hmm. that does, that's not uh, soil for, for <laughs> growing healthy relationships. And again, I think you kind of are circling back around in the nice territory at that point of maybe being a martyr. Um, I mean, if you think about really extreme cases, like when we think of narcissists, so we think of extremely selfish people who just, you know, we tend to think of like grandiose narcissists. They just always want to be the center of attention, whatever, but there's different categories and there's even covert, uh, or I mean, there's covert narcissists, but there's actually altruistic narcissists Mm -hmm. as a category. And that's the people who you would never think to call them a narcissist because they're always giving, 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 they're doing charity work, they're volunteering, they're, they're always giving, 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 but it's actually, again, this sort of selfish, nice giving that's really all about social status and all about look at me and all about, you know, wanting to receive those awards for volunteer of the year and all about being gushed over. Oh my gosh, just they're the nicest person. Oh my gosh, they do so much for everybody. And that's their identity. And that's what's important to them. It's not the actual giving. Um, And so the more that it can look like a sacrifice and look like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm sacrificing so much and I'm such a martyr and stuff, the more it's actually feeding um, this need to be praised and to be seen. Um, And so that's, you know, really extreme uh, example. But uh, again, it's, if you're, if you're just sacrificing, sacrificing, sacrificing to the point of pain, um, you're you're really gonna you're gonna feel resentful mm-hmm. towards the people that you're giving to. You're you're not going to feel um, like it's a healthy, satisfying, happy relationship. And there are going to be all these strings attached to what you're doing, even though you're not getting back, you're expecting to get back. You're thinking you deserve to, you're, you're thinking that the person who, you know, is not uh, giving back has wronged you. And it's feeding into all these festering negative thoughts and feelings. And so that's where the boundaries come in as being really helpful. You know, you want to give and care for and be kind to people, even when that's hard for you, but you need to know what your limits are um, so that it can remain a no strings attached thing that you're just simply doing out of love and caring and kindness. um, And it doesn't start tipping over into this sort of toxic (laughs) area. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, again, like talking about boundaries and your 
your motivation, other people's motivation. Um, I think it's also important to state you need to be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be so consumed with giving of yourself to other people that you forget to fill your own cup right Mm -hmm. like put your mask on before assisting others oh this we really need to be kind to ourselves yes um and and that's going to look different for everybody for introverts and extroverts and you know whatever your you know purpose in life is that makes you feel fulfilled it's going to vary for everybody but know what that is to yourself and respect yourself be kind to yourself Um, And maybe that's saying no to helping people sometimes. It is okay to, I I think women especially, it's sort of put upon us that you always should, um, you know, elevate others over you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Take the small piece of pie when you're dishing out dessert or that sort of thing. It is okay to put yourself first. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say no you can't come over this weekend, like draw those boundaries and hold them. Um, Kindness to yourself is really, really important. Um, Somebody told me, and it just really struck me. um, I mean, it sounds kind of morbid, I guess, but (laughs) it was actually really nice. She said, you know, we're born alone and we're going to die alone. And that's true. I mean, Mm -hmm. we obviously want to be good contributors to society you know, we want to be, you know, making good, meaningful impact in the lives that are people that are close to us. But at the end of the day, you're left with you and mm-hmm. no one, I mean, even the people who care most about you in this world are still going to be looking out for themselves too. Like you're looking out for you, be kind to yourself. Um, don't give so much of yourself to others that you have nothing left for you. Exactly. And I think that sometimes, especially when we're caught in the nice trap and we have this distorted view that I think many of us do, this isn't, you know, to blame anyone for having this view of, oh, we need to be nice. Certainly this is, you know, what we, this misperception that we have because it's what we've been taught, you know, um, But again, if you really want to strip back the layers and you really want to start getting a healthier perspective, um, when you say it's okay to put yourself first, it's okay to be kind to yourself. And if that sounds selfish, I think it's important to think about, well, when you're always putting yourself last and you're always putting everyone else above you, you know, what does that achieve? Why is that? Why is that that everybody else's needs are important and yours are not? And sometimes that may just be low self-esteem, which, you know, if you if you have low self-esteem, again, that doesn't make you a better person to, to be around and to be in a relationship with. You're not doing anybody any favors by having low self-esteem. So it's right. certainly worth, um, you know, learning to, to value yourself more. That's going to be good for you know, even the people around you, if you do that. But then sometimes I think too, we think that it's okay for us to be last. And there's maybe um, a little bit of that sort of Messiah complex in there, right? Like, well, you know, I can handle it. I can handle being last. And maybe you're thinking that, you know, oh, I'm going to put myself last because you actually think you're a little better than other people and you think well they you know they're not maybe mature enough for that or you know maybe they're a little too selfish to be able to handle it or you know you you might realize that you're kind of um you know putting other people 
down a little bit by you think, you know, maybe, oh, I'm being nice. I'm being selfless. I'm putting them first. Maybe it's that you have a little bit of a superiority complex going on. And, and I, again, I don't say this to sound accusatory. I think I say this recognizing that occasionally that has been what yeah. I have done, right? Mm-hmm. That, that when I stop and think about it, I think, oh, well, maybe I think I'm a little better than somebody else. And that's right. why, oh, well, you know, I'll just- I'm equipped to handle this. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, it's, it's probably not that uncommon that that's something that we're maybe thinking in the back of our head when it's not um, coming from a place of low self-esteem. So, you know, again, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's not an easy thing to start disentangling these nice versus kind, um, you know, what's really good for you and good for other people, um, even when it's harder. It, it's complicated stuff, but I think that it's so worth examining and, and really starting to just tune in to, and I think again, the, the best way to do it is just tuning into your motivations, really thinking about, okay, why am I doing this? And, yeah. and answer the questions a little more deeply than just, oh, well, I want to be nice, you know, start going, well, okay. <laughs> why do I want to be nice? Why right? do I want to be nice? Is, is being nice what's called for here? Or is that, you know, just more comfortable? And I think if you kind of start thinking about the flip side, you know, what if I didn't respond this way? And then you start thinking about, you know, what would happen and what that would feel like. Then you start getting your answer of what, what your motivations actually are in that moment. Exactly. Well, should we do highs and lows? Let's do highs and lows. And real quick, I did find, I was thinking the medium thing had my name after, but it's first. So it's Sarah Karnasak, S-A-R-A-K-A-R-N-O-S-C-A-K dot medium dot com. So that's how you get to my medium, but we'll put it in the yeah, you should definitely check out Sarah's medium. She will not brag on herself here. I can like see her blushing on the Zoom. (laughs) Excellent, excellent writer. She's a fantastic speaker, but she's also an excellent, excellent writer. So you should definitely go check her out. Um She's got some really great stuff on here. So oh, little plug for Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So who is starting with highs and lows this week? Um, I can start us off. Um, I'll start with my low. So we, um, so my husband and I have been working on this project of creating like a social media um, platform really is what it'll eventually be when it's built. But, but right now it's kind of just a social community online is, is sort of where our focus is. Um, and we, we've been working on an event actually to kind of, you know, bring, bring people together to talk about these issues with social media and stuff. Um, but one of the, uh, other platforms that was working with us on this event ended up pulling out sort of unexpectedly. And it, it really threw me for a loop. <laughs> We'd been working on it for a while and working really hard on it. And, um, it just caught me off guard and kind of increased my workload and stuff. And so it was definitely one of those things that, you know, probably, you know, in retrospect won't be a very big <laughs> Thing to have happened at all but just in the moment when I've already got so much on my plate and I'm just so um you know invested in working so hard on all these things um it was just like oh man that's really not what I was 
prepared for. Um, so that was, that was a bit of a low. Um, but the high on the flip side is that is that there were some other people that I was talking to about the event and just within a day or so of the one platform having to pull out, um, some of these other people that I was sort of in contact with said, oh my gosh, you know, we're so excited. And, you know, they kind of committed to, to get on board and be a part of it. Um, and I, that felt so good because, you know, they were people that I respected and was, you know, excited about working with and everything. And so, um, you know, it kind of balanced it out a little bit and, and, and brought it back into a more positive space. And so, you know, I was really grateful that that not only worked out, but that it, you know, worked out so quickly after the other part had sort of <laughs> fallen apart a little bit. So that, um, yeah, was kind of the ups and downs of my week with that. Oh, well, we'll talk about your project on another episode because you have yeah. some really great stuff. We don't really, I guess, have the due time to give it right now, but um, <laughs> stay tuned because it is going to be really exciting. You guys will definitely want to hear about this yeah um so my low this week mine's gonna go like really low and dark um <laughs> Bring mine has been everything in the news this week has really felt very hopeless to me and I have felt very small amongst a lot of big problems there's been these mass shootings and um you know law enforcement involves shootings and it just feels like every time I, you know, open up the internet or play the news, people are just getting killed in these gruesome, needless ways. Um, and it just, you know, it's not new, but it just feels like such a big, horrible, awful problem. Um, and it just, it's hard not to feel so small in it because you know, what am I individually going to do to correct this? And what do I individually need to do to protect myself from ever being, you know, involved in something like this? I'm obviously, you know, not on the, uh, you know, like aggressor end. <laughs> um, <laughs> A victim. <laughs> but, um, that has just felt really overwhelming and sad. And then I was reading another, you know, another news update and, that woman, you know, go into political news for a little while and like get away from some of this. And, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're talking about, which is, it's great. It's good news, but you know, this discussion of, um, you know, infrastructure bills and making sure that there's this money allotted for clean drinking water. And it just was such a devastating moment to me to realize the country that we live in does not provide clean, like, clean drinking water is not a given just because you live in the United States. And that really, it just has all felt um, very big to me lately. And um, I need to like kind of get out of that headspace. But um, I mean, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should stay there and be proactive about looking for solutions, but it can get overwhelming yeah. um, when you think about how big all those problems are. So that was really my, I told you it was going to be like a real downer look. <laughs> um, <laughs> On my higher note, though, uh, I have two because mine was so low. I'm picking two highs this week. I love it. <laughs> I went to the grocery store yesterday and I bought, well, for one thing, I had some delicious Haagen-Dazs ice cream. I never buy ice cream, but mm. I bought myself some ice cream. It was great. 
Um, but I also had bought a case of beer and I got carded, which does not happen frequently anymore. I mean, it still happens. <laughs> it doesn't happen a lot. And um, so the guy cards me and kind of a younger kid. And he looks at my ID and he's like, no way. There's no way that you were born in this year or whatever year. I know what year it is, but I'm not going to say it on, on a podcast. <laughs> um yeah he's like no there's no way you're not that old and Aww. oh it just made my I mean I smiled for hours it was so I mean, it was <laughs> nice to get carded but it was really nice that you know I don't know if he was being nice or kind but uh, you know whatever it was I'm gonna take it um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um so that was nice um cashiers and stuff please always card your your people that look like they might be you know maybe still young enough because they will appreciate it uh, <laughs> um my other high was that the kids and i have been watching we watched a documentary i think on netflix called pick of litter and then disney has taken this and made it into a series as well so we've been all swept up in this um super fun show because it's all these puppies becoming guide dogs and it's just so wonderful it's really neat um it's cool watching this with my kids because they are learning about people that are visually impaired. They're learning about the effort that, I mean, it takes a whole community to raise these dogs. Um, you know, we've looked into, it costs like $50,000 to, you know, set up somebody with a guide dog. Um, you know, so we've talked about, you know, we can donate money, we can't donate $50,000, but we can donate and contribute, you know, our small little selves can be part of that bigger thing. Um, but it's written really cool because they're getting to watch, you know, all these people and they're watching the people that are raising the dogs, the people that are getting the dogs, that are training the dogs. We're getting like all attached to the dogs. It's become like a sporting event in our house, you know, like, Aww. oh, do you think Phil's going to make it to the, you know? <laughs> um, but it's been really neat. It's been fun to watch something with the kids that, um, you know, is really positive. And I like that they're getting to see that you know, I mean, that is something that we just have not really been exposed to. Um, and they will later in life, but it's neat to be able to show that to them in, in a cool context. Um, and the kids are now also like way more interested in our dogs than they ever have been before. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's a very, very neat series. That's so sweet. That reminds me of when we were kids. I remember you loved the book. I feel like it yes, was called, it's called Follow, Follow My Leader. Follow My, my Leader. B. Garfield and I just ordered it for my kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's instantly what I thought of. Yes. Yes. That's a wonderful book. I think it's from like the 19th gosh, I don't know. I think it's set in the fifties. It's, you know, like right when guide dogs were, um, you know, becoming a thing, but yes, it was a wonderful book. Follow my leader by James Garfield. Yes. That's, <laughs> it's a great one. I just ordered it again. Um, but yeah. And I recommend the show as well. Oh, well, that's a nice <laughs> note to end on. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Yes. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you again next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. World. World.